The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. You know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid? The house was a little loud and chaotic, but always fun, and sometimes felt more home than home. Well, that's us. We're the Wilsons, and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat, ridiculous games, and interviews with interesting people. Like a spin doctor. The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Welcome home. This podcast contains strong language and adult situations and may not be suitable for those who are easily offended. Welcome to Fuck My Work Life's Afternoon Break, a quick getaway from your daily grind. Step away from whatever you're doing, grab your favorite beverage, put your feet up, and enjoy. Welcome back, fuckers. Today's special guest, we have Brendan from Unsheft. How's it going, Brendan? Hi, Brendan. Hey, good to see you again. Yeah, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for coming back. <laughs> oh, you had such a good time the last time, you know? Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> exactly. That's, just, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the exact right thing to say. We're all sober this morning, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see the more responsible side of our personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll just be real boring. And, no, I'm just kidding. Droll. Mine, mine doesn't really change much. Okay. It does a little bit. I Your mean, eyes I s- are open like the same degree. <laughs> I slur my words a bit more in the regular <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you get a lot more chatty too. Oh, yeah. You'll go on yeah. long diatribes. <laughs> you guys want to yeah. talk about bacon for like an hour? <laughs> I still have to like post yeah, that I was on our going, Patreon. <laughs> I was going through the cabinet today because I have a, a buddy at work. On his lunch break, went to Costco and bought three pork bellies, a pork butt, a brisket, and came back. And his brother, who works there, didn't want the pork belly, so he gave it to me. And I was like, okay, my wife's going to kick you, but... So let's not go on a, a yeah, so I have thing to, again. No. I was going through the cabinet trying to find my cure, and I couldn't I, find you'll it. Notice, uh, you'll notice, Kay, the hearts. Like, I wanted to respond to that story so bad, but I just <laughs> I shut up. There was like silence on my end. I was like, no, be good. Stay, stay good, in the good right job, <laughs> So anyway, with this bacon. Here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> with this round of bacon. <laughs> so, Brendan, why don't you tell us about Uncheft, your podcast? You know, I've been working on the 10-word pitch of what our show actually is, and I feel like it keeps changing because it's about like food and food stories uh, that me and the other co-host, Matt, find interesting. So I think what we've kind of landed on is that our show is just about like what you eat and kind of the hidden side of it, like how it came to become, you know, a part of your life, <laughs> you know, maybe some of the interesting alternate reality worlds we could could be living in if it weren't for some of the policy decisions that were made. Like there was a period where we thought that hippo was going to be one of the main meat sources in this country as opposed to cows. And oh, wow. <laughs> we find little stories like that. And yeah, it was a, it was something that was in, endorsed by Teddy Roosevelt, actually. So early, mm-hmm. early 1900s. Uh, we have an, we have a whole episode on it, but me and Matt find little stories like that, that kind of make it like think twice about what it is that you're eating and why you're eating it and you know how it connects you to other people and history and policy so and we have a lot of fun doing it we also uh, we also tell a lot of fart jokes (laughs) (laughs) we we try to be really really academic and well researched but we also really don't want to sound stuffy or put offish 
Yeah. yeah, That's kind of in a nutshell what we do. I think you guys pull that off really well. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. I'm always, whenever I listen to your episodes, it's just like, wow, I've said this before, but you guys (laughs) sound so, so smart. And like the things you're talking about, like, you know, I would never would have even thought of, but then you do it in such a relatable way that makes it fun and interesting. Yeah. It's really, uh, really kind words, but I mean, I think that's just, you know, when you when you like what you do, <laughs> then that passion kind of starts coming out, and I think that we've we've gotten a lot of positive response from people that can can hear that this is this is something that really drives us, really drives the way that we think, uh, it really drives the way that we put an episode together. Is just the joy that we find around, you know, exploring the mysteries, the the hidden, hidden juicy details, if you will, behind, you know, the food that we eat and yeah. how we get our hands on it. So the reason you're here today is you've got maybe another another work story for us you <laughs> want to share? <laughs> Yeah, um, I was trying to think about it. Like, <laughs> one of the worst parts about being a chef is like a lot of your work stories are just sad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like and this, and I ignored my kid on Christmas for the second time. <laughs> like it's, it's like that's uh, it's just not not the kind of story that you want to tell without a little bit of uh, subtext. So I was like, I was like, well, what is that subtext? What is it being a chef? makes it okay to have like all these terrible stories. And I started thinking about the positives. And I remember when I first started working at Sambar, I was being trained on this station and the, uh, the person who was training me was, you know, pretty big on like the celebrities that came into the restaurant. Cause it was a pretty big deal restaurant. A lot of famous people came through and it was something that was important to him. And that was like his benefit, like, Uh, That's why he put the time in was like, he thought it was cool to be like rubbing elbows with the elites. And he was telling me the story, I guess, trying to get me enthused about the job. Um, I was going to be working the the oyster station, which is kind of like a front GM thing. We did like the raw cured fish dishes and the oysters and, you know, various other interesting preparations. It took way too long to make and were way too complicated. <laughs> but he was uh, he was trying to tell me one of his favorite stories. And I don't know if this is true, but I thought it was funny enough to just pass along just the fact that somebody told me this is like a training thing that he was working the station one day and... Uh, he didn't realize it, but Morgan Freeman had walked up to uh, the oyster station. There's like this little glass bar that's in between you and the dining room. So it's it can be pretty personal if somebody comes up and starts talking to you. It's not a lot of space in between you and the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he wasn't paying attention. He didn't know that Morgan Freeman had walked up. Um, again, this is all according to him. Until he heard that like very familiar Morgan Freeman voice <laughs> saying, mm-hmm. Hello, hey, Randy. can I have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said... And I, he thought this was funny. I think the mental imagery is hilarious. Uh, he looks up at Radovker, Chef Matt Radovker, who was the the chef at the time, and says, like, hey, chef, can I give Morgan Freeman an oyster? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, the, and he said that uh, Chef Radovker, and this is, like, totally in keeping with his personality, is like, no, you can't feed Morgan Freeman an oyster. And, like... <laughs> I think about that story a lot. It's not like a personal story from me, but I like the mental imagery of it sort of being like, you know, Morgan Freeman just standing there like begging for an oyster (laughs) and like like, the two, uh, the chef and the, um, 
the the cook who was training me both being like you know he's on the other side of this glass wall like can can i can i feed the celebrities you know <laughs> like can i like it's like a celebrity zoo and that yeah. was sort of like i think for him that was that's what was kind of cool about it was like being on the other side of this glass panel and seeing all these other people and you're sort of like couched in this almost bunker that's got culture flying around it in every direction and you're in it with like this you know spec ops team of <laughs> like really ta- really talented cooks that are just like going to war to try and make them happy and i guess that that's kind of part that that's that's the majority of my story but i wanted to add one more thing like the positives for me was you know you you're a part of the spec ops and you got all this like really great stuff behind you and again i'm thinking like how do i not just tell the sad story of being a chef and the 80 hours and the not getting to eat or go to the bathroom like when you need to for hours at a time and like what are the positives and i think about like that guy and what his positive was and how it was like you know being at the center of this cultural thing and then i think about what my positive was and i think back to the same chef matthew radofker i'm like standing next to him giving him a dish to be sent out to somebody and he looks at me and then he takes this little tiny offset spatula and picks up like like half a golf balls worth of ocetra i think it was ocetra caviar and just like slobs it on my hand and I'm like looking down at it and this is like a hundred dollars worth of caviar and I'm like looking at my hand and then I look up at him like with this dumb look on my face and he looks at me with this very stern look on his face like what the fuck are you doing eat it (laughs) you know like it's going it's going bad on your hand and I'm like for me chef and he's like get the fuck out of here like so like I go away and I'm like licking my hand, like just licking all the Ocetra caviar. And I hear from behind me, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> Did he take it off the plate you presented him or he just had it? No, no, he oh, just okay. had it. Like that was a, that was a thing. Like the, the chef, especially at a place like uh, Sambar and how it was, there's a pass that the chef usually sits at mm-hmm. and they've got like all the really fancy garnishes, like the final hits of salt, the final hits of like olive oil. Um, If you're going to shave truffles on, they've got like a little tiny scale to like make sure that they're not giving you an accidental additional 50 bucks worth of truffle shavings, you know? So (laughs) they're kind of like managing those high value Mm. um, ingredients right there at the end. So he had like a little thing of caviar. And I think it was because we didn't always have caviar. We had it occasionally. And I think at this point, they were like playing around with this this dish that was very high value and low brow at the same time. It was like a fried <laughs> fried chicken with like expensive caviar on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, which sounds kind of crazy because like nobody would think to pair something that costs like, you know, a couple hundred dollars an ounce with like something you get a box of three for, like six bucks and <laughs> yeah. crown fried chicken. You know, like you wouldn't typically pair those two things together. But we did and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so but I guess that's my story. So I'm gonna be giving you a shorter one today. So I have a question. Sure. So like this was the head chef guy, right? And but he doesn't really do a lot of the cooking, right? He designs the yeah, menu he's... and then kind of oversees everyone yeah so an executive chef is which is what he was like chang was obviously at the top and then chang hired a chef to run his restaurants um 
And that role was the chef de cuisine role, which is under the executive chef. And then under the chef de cuisine is the sous chef. And then under the sous chef is like uh, chef de party. Yeah. So what the executive chef would do is kind of conceptualize a dish for the menu and then do a lot of the testing to see if the dish works. Because like a a dish doesn't just like you don't wake up one morning and be like, aha, I'm going to do this dish and then have it on the menu that night. It takes like a couple of weeks of making sure that like all the the kinks are worked out of it, like that it can be, you know, produced effectively. So that's essentially what the executive chef does while managing the team and like checking quality. Like you'll go from one station and be like, what are you doing? And then you'll hear what they have to say. And you're like, it sounds like you're fucking up or good job. (laughs) Yeah. Here's some caviar. Here's some caviar. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's essentially what goes. And they're also responsible for making sure that, you know, uh, costs are in line with any restaurant you have two controllable costs, your labor and your food cost. And ultimately the executive chef is the, where the buck stops on that one. Like you can, you can delegate out managing your bottom line to, you know, sous chefs or CDCs, but ultimately you're the one who's responsible for your own numbers because you're the one who's kind of delegating where, uh, you know, the profit that goes back into the the business gets allocated. So um, ultimately it's on you to keep the numbers where they need to be in order to justify the allocations that you decide. Interesting. And then, so like David Chang in that situation, it's just his name. He was back when I was there, he was coming in pretty frequently and it was, it was never fun when he did. Like he would always, <laughs> you'd, you'd, so you go in knowing that you're just going to get your ass kicked for like 12 hours like you walk in and like you're stressed from the second you you like step into the locker room until the second you leave. You know, sometimes you learn how to manage that stress people, some people did, some people didn't learn how to manage it better, but the fact is is that it's like it's just a constant push. You're at war from the second you step in until the second you leave. And the second you see on any given day your boss who's also a celebrity historically known for being just like, you know, a hothead that blows up at people putting his apron on in the kitchen you're just like oh there goes my day (laughs) he's gonna be here all day (laughs) and like it almost becomes like you know that old like kind of joke adage about like if you and a friend are being chased by a cheetah, you don't need to be able to run faster than the cheetah. You just need to be able to run faster than your friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know that one? <laughs> That's kind of what happens whenever he shows up. You're just like quietly trying to trip people around you so that chance, because once he picks somebody to zero in on, that's like he sort of sticks with that person for the whole day. <sighs> yeah, it's awful. He'll like stand next to your cutting board and just be like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that for like eight hours? Uh. And you're just like, oh God, <laughs> like, this is awful. <laughs> And nobody wants it, so everybody's yeah. kind of like almost like lemmings trying to push the first person off the cliff. So that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that just makes for a I great was, work culture. <laughs> I was going to lead into that yeah. question, to, like when when someone like that comes in, and you know that they're going to zero in on someone. Is there like sabotage that goes on? Not directly, but it's also <laughs> like you're not trying to hide it. Like if say somebody dropped an egg on the floor for instance who would do that jared dropped an egg (laughs) yeah you'd just be like hey hey everybody there's an egg here can somebody please clean that egg and hope that chang sees you being like leading the kitchen be like good that person's trying to keep the kitchen clean now who dropped that egg (laughs) (laughs) oh that that sounds awful it does it really really was it really was uh that's why that's why it's like hard to 
there it's I, it's a very big part of my upbringing. It's a part of my skill set. It's a part of my experience. Um, I don't run from it or anything, but like when it comes to making a podcast and talking about good shows, I'm like, and this time I didn't eat for four. You know, yeah. it's like those work <laughs> stories can get kind of like dark if you don't find like the positives of them. If you don't yeah. find if you don't find the caviar on the fried chicken, right? <laughs> yeah. On on the back of your hand, yeah. caviar, <laughs> the caviar on the back on my, of your hand, my sweaty like dirty. <laughs> I feel true. like that should be some sort of motivational thing. <laughs> just think of the caviar on the just back think of, of the hand. caviar on the back of your hand. That actually is kind of cool. Maybe I should make like shirts for that or something. There you go. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Merch idea. Yeah, a uh, collaborative merch idea between <laughs> there you go. Fuck my work life and a cartoon chef. drawing of Brendan's face back there, <laughs> eyes big, and his hand in front of him, and like a dollop of <laughs> caviar. <laughs> Uh, that does strike quite the image. And underneath it'll just say, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we're saying this sort of joking around, but I kind of I kind of <laughs> like it. I, would, I think I would wear that. I would totally wear that. <laughs> Nobody would get it either. Like people that weren't no. listeners to the show, they would just see the picture and be like, what is, what what is that? Fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> Did a bird shit on your hand? What is that? <laughs> Man, I kind of like this. This is this is a really productive conversation. Right? Yeah, good collaboration. Oh god, good collab. Oh, I'm I'm happy you brought us a more positive story today. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. kind of veered it off in, in a different direction with our questions, but yeah, I'm glad you you well, brought I, some positivity. I think I think when you know from our our first conversation with Brendan and and then doing his podcast with him, we've heard. You know, and you also see it on TV, like the nightmares that working in like a, a, a high end kitchen like mm-hmm. that is. And it's it, that's a, like when you get the chance to talk to someone who's been there, it's hard not to want to <laughs> make them questions. go to those dark places. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, no. Tell I me everything fucked up about everything you've <laughs> ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. I get that a lot. I've kind of coasted on that a little bit throughout my career. It's been inarguably something that's benefited me is like kind of playing off of that intrigue that people have coming from mm-hmm. a kitchen that's as, you know, renowned as one of uh, David Chang's early kitchens. Like that's yeah. – uh, I would be lying to say, like, I wouldn't be this comfortable guy with a podcasting hobby if I hadn't, you know, made that choice. And then also, importantly, subsequently made the choice to get out of it and start trying to use my story, my personal narrative to build my own career profile, like, um, or career path, rather. Like, if I had stayed in those environments, like some people do, I'd probably just be like a twisted, broken shell of a human with no friends or family. But I was able to take that story and leverage it into something better for my life you took that that caviar on the back of the hand Fucking oh my god you got there first <laughs> i was taking a very dramatic like sip of my water and i was gonna be like like that caviar no you were right there with me i actually i never look a, a gift simpatico in the mouth <laughs> like, that's awesome yeah well thank you so much for joining us again why don't you tell everyone where they can find your podcast? Sure. Um, so the regular places, Stitcher, 
uh, Spotify, Apple, Google. I try to steer people away from Spotify just because they've been they've been engaging in some shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know the. That's I'm sure I've you heard, heard about the, the wild turkey. turkey thing. Yeah, where they put yeah. advertisements on our. And I'm not going to like sit here and try to lambast them or anything, but you know, you accidentally put advertising on our RSS feeds that we worked mm-hmm. hard with our audience that we worked hard to build a rapport with, and then like you get advertising for a certain amount of time. Like they made some revenue off of that and that number is is never going to be disclosed it's never going to be given to us and that's like textbook taking advantage it's not like i don't view it as being the biggest deal but it's also like i don't really want to direct people to spotify directly it's all you have you can find us there um good pods obviously where you guys are the king and queen basically we've we've been (laughs) dethroned which is fine it's kind of less pressure yeah, yeah, us. you're you're at the number one spot for quite a while, though. Yeah, yeah I don't uh, know how either. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Like, okay. Hey, like field of dreams, you build it, they'll come. Yeah, uh, you got a good product. People, people pay money for a good product. Who's paying um, money? <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, fuck my work life has a Patreon account. <laughs> that's right. Oh, we do. We have one patron. Yep. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so did you finish where everyone could find you? Yeah. Um, oh, I guess there is a social media, like, as you know, I'm like the flakiest social media person. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like really headstrong in it for a couple of weeks and then I'll just disappear for a couple of weeks. It's, uh, it's in my nature, I guess, but you can find me on, uh, Twitter at Unchefed, and then also on Instagram, which I don't think I've done anything for a while at Unchefed Show. So <laughs> I guess don't look for me on Instagram. I don't know, but follow me on Twitter. I'm a I'm a delight. I think. So. <laughs> Instagram's kind of going the way of Facebook. I I'm yeah, kind of should promote that opinion that. on reality records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, and then you're scrolling through, and I don't, I barely see people I follow anymore. It's like sponsored ad, sponsored ad, mm-hmm. sponsored mm-hmm. ad, real, real, real people I don't follow, and I'm like, this is yeah. stupid. But anywho, yeah. Twitter, Twitter's still cool. Twitter's still cool. Twitter's still cool. You put together an awesome little podcast group. We've named the the Brain Trust, and the Brain Trust. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Just such a such a great group of people. It really is. Everyone, go listen to Unchefed. Have a good day. Bye, fuckers. Bye, fuckers. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> I also would like to say goodbye to you, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining our afternoon break. If you have a workplace story, email it to fmwlpod at gmail.com. Or call our rant line at 310-818-3273. Please follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on new episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, take a moment to rate and review. You can find us on all the socials at FMWL Pod. Come say hello and check out all our amazing indie podcast friends. Until next time. Bye, bye fuckers. I don't know about you, but with a busy work schedule, I never have time to sit down and read. Luckily, there's Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up articles about the most trending topics on the web and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable, all in one place. You can browse articles from topics you choose and just start playing. 
follow specific topics from sports, tech, business, science, or Bitcoin, Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them aloud. They even have digital radio. And do you want to know the best part? They have podcasts. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. And you can find our podcast, Fuck My Work Life, there too. Download and try Newsly for free by visiting www.newsly.me or clicking on the link in our show notes. And be sure to use promo code FWL for a one-month free premium subscription. Stop scrolling and start listening with Newsly.